0: You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of his kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurr dot Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast.
1: Good evening. Thank you for joining us once again with Dorothy Carruthers and, uh, you know, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this is up your house. Dorothy, how are you this evening?
0: I'm doing well, except that all the cats are hiding from the thunder, so
1: yeah, hopefully they won't you're make you're noise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been quiet over here, which is nice because I have a dog that does not care for, uh, for thunderstorms. So, um yeah, it, it's been quiet over here, but I understand they're coming your wife, what you were saying. So it's a wonderful night. It's a great rainy little night here in uh, New England area. And guys, I am just so excited to bring uh, tonight's teaching. It's the power of the Holy Spirit is within you, or we have the Holy Spirit, or that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, what really this, this week's teaching is about is a couple of things. It's understanding the new covenant. Um, What does this give us as people who have accepted Jesus as our atonement? And how do we live out of this new covenant? So I'm going to be going through a ton of scriptures because that's what I do. I teach, and I want to invite all of us in the body of Christ to grab a hold of the goodness of God in these times, uh, the goodness of God of who we are. You know, it's funny we sometimes can go to our minds and our hearts can get discouraged and we go to the darkest areas of, of what we see. Um, But Isaiah says that in the end times, the Kings of the nations will see the light of the church. And that's not what, you know, we, we, we're kind of a lot of, in our circles either, you know, we're kind of focused on, Hey, what can God do for me? And I want a bigger house. I want a newer car. I want more money in the bank. Or we've gone the other end to another extreme. We say, oh, God has really just ticked off at us, and, and let's go under the Old Covenant, begin quoting the Old Covenant. And, and so we've got to find a balance, guys. We, we really need to find that balance comes from knowing his heart. Knowing Father's heart starts with understanding the New Covenant. And the more that we understand the New Covenant, the more that we actually can begin to receive what was given to us, the ability to know that when we're going to die, we're we're going to be united with him, and we're going to be with him for eternity. That was the beginning, guys, of what he gave us. That was the doorway in which we're able to access everything of the kingdom. Remember, the scriptures say that we are citizens of heaven, that we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. That Greek scripture verse, that's, that's present tense, guys. That's not future. We are right now seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we need to take advantage of this. You know, as the times grow darker, we should be rejoicing because of two things. One, Jesus said he's going to wait for the tare and the wheat to come to full maturity so that the power of God's love, can be brought to full maturity within the body of Christ that's walking in the fullness of his image. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the fullness of his image because that means I'm walking with great authority, intimacy, an understanding of his love and great power in order to rescue those that are going to hell. That's what's on his heart, right? That's what he did. That's what he died for. He died that we may have life. That's what he died for. He died for the lost. Um, Again, let's go back to those two extremes. There's an extreme like we don't really care for the loss because we're just focused on our own wealth and comfort and prosperity, right? That's one deception. That's one extreme that's removed from his heart. God wants to bless us, but he's not a vending machine. And the other end of it is, well, God stopped loving us somewhere. He, he loved me, right? He died for me because I accepted him, but he didn't really died for everybody else. Right, so that's a kind of another its own form of blasphemy, and that's just really because we don't understand his heart, and that doesn't anger him, it kind of makes him sad. And as we begin to embrace who our Heavenly Father is, and we begin to have the courage to step out and begin to repent, right? I'm using that word repent with a specific intention, right? We could say we got to repent, repent, repent. I know some people that say just everything out of their mouth. We got to repent. Well, repent of what? Repent of smoking, repent of being overweight, repent of our bad cholesterol, right? Because we talk about outward actions. All those things cover that, right? Our body is our temple. So we don't get to pick and choose. We get to repent of. And I'll tell you guys, Jesus made it very clear. He's not interested in your self-righteousness. He's not interested in mine. He's interested in our hearts. Right? The Pharisees got everything right externally, and that was the very thing Jesus said, disqualify them from the kingdom. He said, you reject me, but if you read Moses, you would understand Moses testified to me. They didn't get it. And for many of us today, we're not getting it. We're either involved with our own self-centered prosperity or are involved with our own self-centered salvation. And we're moving out of fear and anxiety and really just a lot of unforgiveness, Right? There's just so much unforgiveness in the body of Christ in this generation, and it's reflected in the nation. We see so much hatred in the United States today. Right? The, the political parties, the, the social economic parties, the um, special interest groups, they're more divided than ever. And if we look at it, everything flows from the spirit to the natural realm. Look how divided the body of Christ is. Is it any wonder that people that don't have the Holy Spirit are divided? If the Church of the Living God is so divided and angry, there's a lot of angry Christians out there, guys. And God doesn't want us to be angry. He said I I came to give you life and that in abundance. So we're going to talk about this, guys. We're going to talk about what it means to to, what the New Covenant means, what has it given us, and how to live out of the New Covenant. So there's going to be a couple of scriptures that we're going to talk about. Let's start with the promise, right? In order to understand the new covenant, right, there must have been something that came before the new one. Jesus said there were new and old wineskins, right? The greatest danger the body of Christ faces is any area where we're unwilling to look at ourselves in the mirror, in God's mirror, and allow him to change us. Our greatest enemy is not the devil, guys. He's just not that big. And I'm, and now I'm someone who has seen many, many demons, seen many angels, but I've seen a lot of demons. I've seen a lot of witchcraft in operation, and I've had plenty of conversations with the Lord about it, right? So I'm not coming from a place of ignorance. Please believe me. Understand me. I've done my fair share of of pretty intense stuff, been involved with deliverances, been involved with exorcisms. Uh, I've been involved with, with, you know, a lot of spiritual stuff. But Satan's just not that big. Sorry, he wasn't that big to the apostles. He wasn't that big to the first century church. Um, All he can do is cooperate with our mind. We give him the authority. Satan had no authority in the garden. Adam gave it to him, and it's the same way today. Jesus said, I come to destroy the works of the enemy. The word destroy means to render powerless. It's a military Greek word. It means to be stripped of one's armor. Isn't that wild when we think about that? Guys, the Greek and the Hebrew language is amazing. And a lot of times the confusion we have is because we just we, – we would benefit from taking more time to look at the word and ask God to really open our hearts to what it means. Instead of trying to get it to, to mean what we want it to mean, to justify our own self-centeredness, our own selfishness, or our own fear. Right? There's life in the word if we, if we allow it to change us. And so Jesus gave us the authority. He gave us the ability to use his name. That's why Matthew 28 says, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Uh, it's, combine that with Luke 10, commission. Um, freely you have been given, freely give. So what's the new covenant? Well, the new covenant... So the New Covenant <clears throat> started with a promise. Here was the promise, guys. Let's go to Ezekiel 36, 36-26, and then we're going we're gonna to go right into Jeremiah 31-33. They're two of my favorite prophecies that will prophesy about the New Covenant. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. Jeremiah. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and on their heart I will write it. I will be their God and they will be my people. Right? Guys, we, we sometimes, many of us, we like to quote the prophets. But we're missing the big picture here, guys. The prophets didn't prophesy doom and gloom. The prophets exhorted the people to return to God with all their heart. And in that, where they said there will be correction and discipline, every single prophesied of a restoration. So if we're we're quoting a lot of judgment and we're not quoting restoration, we're acting immaturely. We're listening to immature teachings. Because the heart of the Father is restoration. It began in Genesis, right after Adam and Eve confessed their sin to the Lord. Every words out of Father's mouth was restoration. That's what began this whole promise. It's a promise of restoration in which the Holy Spirit would live inside of us so that we would move not by our own strength, but by the equipping of God himself. Guys, that's amazing. That's just amazing. Right, so that's what the prop. The prophets prophesied of the restoration. Really, got to keep the big picture in mind. That is, that's what the new covenant is about. Hebrews eight seven. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. And in verse sixteen, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, "But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs." As the covenant, which he is mediator, is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. Did you catch that? The new covenant blows the old covenant away because the new covenant gives us the Holy Spirit, God himself, inside of our spirit being. We're made righteous and holy. No other covenant gave that. Abraham was declared righteous because he believed in what Jesus would one day establish within the heart of his creation. But Abraham didn't have Holy Spirit inside of him. Abraham lived as a man who would be led by the Lord, but didn't have the leading of the Lord within him. You know, there were individuals before the new covenant that walked with the Spirit of God. But it wasn't a covenant right. Under the new covenant now, after Pentecost, after Jesus was resurrected and died for us once and for all, everyone who accepts that Jesus is our Savior gets the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of them. That's the new covenant, guys, and it blows away the old covenant. Guys, here's a key that I want to encourage us all on. This is so cool. We need to understand there's a difference between accepting Christ as Savior And accepting the new covenant. Huge difference. Many, many Christians in this generation have accepted Jesus as Savior, but they haven't accepted the new covenant. We're rejecting it, whether it's through ignorance or through open rebellion. We're telling God, no, I'm going to do things my way. I'm not going to accept this whole gift of righteousness. I'm going to continue to live in fear and shame or self-centeredness. And that self-centeredness can come in a lot of different ways, right? Again, it can come excessive wealth or prosperity. Hey, if God makes you rich, that's great. A sign that you're stewarding properly is how much you're passing that on to do the work of the ministry. So that's one thing. The other end of selfishness could be I don't care about anybody else. I just care about me. Lord, how am I getting back to Zion? How am I going to escape these judgments? You know? Selfish living. When Jesus said whoever looks to, to to whoever seeks to gain his life will lose it, will forfeit it. Whatever gives his life away, shall save it. Right, when was the last time we heard that? No, that's not popular. Or the sheep and the goats, right? Jesus said, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Whoever you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. Depart from me. Ah, let's not talk about that, right? So, uh, you know, cool stuff, guys. We need to understand that many of us, we have to take a, a, an examination. We have to do some soul searching in this hour. Are we living with acceptance of Jesus as our Savior, but rejecting the new covenant? So let's go on. The new covenant is so much better, the scriptures say. What does it give us? Guys, did you ever stop and think about what has been given to us? Here's some things that have been given to us. The peace of Christ that surpasses all earthly knowledge. There's no reason we should walk in the peace we do with the calamity around us. That's available to us. Many of us don't walk in it. We're like oh, I don't have that kind of peace. Well, it's our right. Whether we choose to take it or not, that's that's the difference between new covenant living and old covenant living. We're given the gifts of the spirit. And guys, I know I'm gonna step on a little bit of toes right now, but you know, the truth sometimes can offend the soul that's not walking in agreement with God, it will always offend the unregenerated mind, right? We can have regenerated spirits and unregenerated minds. That's the process of Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So <laughs> we have to look at what are we walking in and what are we not? I, I have, I, and here, this is going to ouch a little bit, guys, but it's meant to, to motivate us. To get back to father's heart okay it's not meant to to annoy anybody but i have never met a legalistic person that walked in the gifts of the spirit and I, i'm not i haven't met every christian so i'm certain there's some out there that allow it a little bit but i have personally i've traveled all over this country all over this country i'm 47 years old now i accepted christ when i was seven I've traveled all over. I've fellowshiped in every type of fellowship that I can think of, every denomination, born-again type of denomination you can think of. And I've been in all types of fellowships in all different settings, from the side of hills to in churches um, to literally in graveyards at night because it was just a fun thing to do to relate to the first century church, to church buildings. I personally have never met a born-again Christian that was stuck in legalism that allowed the Holy Spirit to move through any of the gifts of the Spirit. And one of the reasons why it will be very difficult for someone to do that, I'm not saying it's, not impo- it's impossible, why it's difficult, is because the Spirit flows through love, through yielding. And if we're not yielded to God's love, we can't really flow. But, but, guys, <laughs> so, Guys, the gifts of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, right? Think about just the fruit. Think about what's, I mean, now gifts are given, fruit is grown, right? We confuse the two a lot of times. So there are just plain old gifts that we don't allow him to flow through us. We don't allow, we keep them locked up in our spirit, man, right? Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirit. Our soul is the gatekeeper. Our will, our free will, our mind, our emotions decides yes or no to God. We do it all the time, all day long, because that's free will. That's the journey of the depth of intimacy or the shallowness of intimacy. It depends on what we choose or will to do. Uh, so you have the gifts of the Spirit, but then you have the fruit. Fruit is grown only through intimacy. Fruit comes through no other way. So you can't have fruit without intimacy with God. Now let's look at that, what is available to us in the New Covenant. Love joy, peace. We could stop right there. Man, how many of those do we rest in as if we're resting in a river of life? Forget about peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Right? Um, guys, that's available to us. Not by our own strength, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees attempted to live by self-control so they wouldn't, not only would they not uh, disobey the 619 laws of the, the Mosaic uh, Old Covenant, but then they added a whole bunch to them. And by the soulish, darkish self-control, they, they didn't um, break those laws, although they broke the greatest law, the law of love that everything was founded on. Right, but for us to flow in the gifts of the spirit, we have to allow it. Guys, here's some other things I want to look at. His power, his holiness, his righteousness, his glory, his equipping, his giftings, his unconditional love and acceptance, his authority, his ability to prosper you in spirit, soul, and body, his ability to purify you spirit, soul, and body. He's purified us in spirit, but a lot of our souls remain polluted. Paul wants to say, I pray that your spirit, soul, and body would remain undefiled. For a lot of us, our thinking is completely defiled with Old Covenant thinking, with shame, with fear, with self-centered, self-existent, self-preservation. Don't care about other people. I'm always I'm always pretty disheartened when I talk about what's on Father's heart and that Jesus died for, for the Great Commission. And where are we in terms of what's on Father's heart? And the response from some people is, the lost are lost, right? the anger and wrath that is poured out by people that claim they have the love of God inside of them, but they just, they hate everyone around them. I really question whether or not there are legitimate conversions. Um, It's not my place to judge, but we are called to judge the fruit. We don't judge each other, but we do judge fruit. And as a, Brother in the body of Christ, I judge a lot of fruit not to be of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I'm just calling it like it is. I mean, I love you guys, and if you are not a legitimate convert, I love you anyway because that means you're a lost brother or a lost sister, and I want you in the kingdom. I want you beside me for eternity. So there's there's no uh, condemnation coming from me there. Just call a spade a spade. All right, guys, let's look at some other things here. We're going to be wrapping this up actually soon. We'll move through this quickly. You can go through these scriptures. I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures for he who has ears or she who has ears that are hungry. I'd say dig into these guys. Okay, since the day of Pentecost, the institution of the new covenant, every single child of God has, colon, been made 100% acceptable and pleasing to Father. Ready? 2 Corinthians 5.21, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Hebrews 10.10, Colossians one twenty two. Look those up. Next, has been given the power of the Holy Spirit to live in them. Ephesians 1.6, 2 Corinthians one twenty two. Every born-again child of God is clothed with power. Luke 24.49, Matthew 28.18. Every single new covenant believer is anointed by God. Guys, that Greek-Hebrew word anointed, guess what it means? It means to be set apart, right? And the scriptures say we are a peculiar people. We are priests forever after Jesus. We are ambassadors of heaven. Are we really ambassadors? Are we really acting like ambassadors? Uh. 1 Peter 2.9 and Hebrews 1.9 are great verses about that. Uh, every one of us has an anointing that remains with them always. Greek word used in 1 John 2.20 and 1 John 2.27, the anointing that remains with them always, it means an unction, a leading, an urging of the Spirit of God. And guess what it talks about there, guys, in those references of scriptures? It's not toward doing great so you look great because it's not about self-righteousness. It's about letting Holy Spirit transform us from the inside. Look them up. They're good verses. Has a special calling. Did you know every single child of God has a calling? Are we moving in our calling? Because our calling is not accusing one another. <laughs> it cracks me up. Seriously, though, guys, our calling is not to condemn the world. Jesus says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will condemn Satan. Satan's already condemned because of what Jesus is bringing forth. That he came to give us life in abundance. Our job is not to agree with Satan. All right, so has a special calling. 1 Peter 4.10, 1 Corinthians seven, Ephesians four seven, Romans 12.6. Every... Born again, spirit-filled believer of God next, has a function and ministry. First Corinthians 12:4 through7, 2 Corinthians 5:11 through21, Mark 16 verses 17 and 18. Here's the next one, guys. It's one of my favorite points. Every single child of God is called to mature to the point of serving the body as an elder and raising up the next generation of believers to do the same. Hebrews 5:12, Ephesians 4:13, Colossians 1:9 and 10, Colossians 2:2, 2, 2, Colossians 2:6 2, and 7, Romans 15:14, 1 Corinthians 14:20, 2 Corinthians 7:1, 1, Philippians 1:9 1, through 11, and Matthew 28:19. Most of all guys, above all things, every born-again believer, everyone who receives Christ, a legitimate acknowledgement and repentance of sin and acknowledgement, I cannot earn heaven. I cannot earn righteousness. There's filthy rags. I need an eternal gift of atonement found in you alone, Jesus. Whether you like it or not, the Holy Spirit comes comes inside. Cut out. I say uh, whether we like it or not because really many of us at heart, we don't... We're afraid to embrace these truths. When I was a youth pastor, there was a few of us. I was part of one of seven youth pastors. I was just talking to another former youth pastor. Um, <laughs> anyone who's a youth pastor can relate to this. For those of you who are youth pastors or who are former youth pastors, we're crazy, right? You have to be half crazy to be uh, to, to be called and equipped to handle the youth. Uh, and I mean that in the most wonderfully endearing way. And and any of you youth pastors out there are laughing alongside me right now um, because it's just true. And and I had one uh, man. We were in our mid twenties, and we were at a major event. And and this man, I mean, he just uh, the the apostolic calling was on this young man. He didn't even recognize it, um, but I recognized it in my mid twenties. And he just would talk about the burning passion he would have. For the church to advance the kingdom, and how we wanted to reach all these um, these these young the youth of America, and we had programs and outreaches, and we just we were just crazy. And, and I remember he said one day he said, David, I just wish I had one week under the old covenant. And I remember saying to him, Brother, why did you say that, Dan? Why would you say that? And he said because I just I just wish under the old covenant I could just remove all the sin from the camp. And at that point, I realized that this young brother in the Lord was missing the blessing of the new covenant, the goodness of God, the mercy of God that leads us to change, the equipping of Holy Spirit inside of us. We're meant to do it by partnering with him and allowing him to supernaturally change us. Our part, guys, is changing our thinking. That's where all this leads to, guys. Understanding the covenant, what the new covenant is, understanding what's been given to us, what we have access to, the kingdom and all the peace and power and love and deliverance from our fears is found inside of us. We have to allow him to change us. He can't do it for us. He's the comforter and he is the advocate and he is the co-laborer. He's not the doer. Holy Spirit is not known as the doer. He's our friend and partner, and he is our God. And he deserves our all. And our all starts with, Lord, what you say about me is true, and I'm going to repent of the arrogance of choosing to say you're a liar in my heart. Now, I know things took a sharp turn there to the right for a second, guys, but really, that's what we're saying when we choose to hold on to our own pain and fear. I won't get into it now. Maybe I'll do it down the road. I just get tired of the word witchcraft. Uh, Speaking to a friend of mine who got it from another friend of his uh, that (laughs) ministers a lot in the air, he calls it witchcraft. And that's really what it is. It's just a lot of garbage. Paul called it dung, Right. He's allowed to say that because we translated "dung" really in first-century Greek. It was kind of a swear word. Paul is just being real. So I'm just being real with us, right? A lot of us just move in any area where we are moving outside of love, and we're not moving in what God says we are in the New Covenant. We're operating witchcraft. That's why a lot of Christians' lives are such a mess. We're tormented. We're angry. Blessings don't flow through our life. Blessings don't flow through our family. Now, that doesn't mean if those areas you're struggling with, it does not mean you're in rebellion to God. But if we are in rebellion to God, those things will happen because we're partnering with Satan, and he doesn't like us very much. But he loves when we give him open doors. He loves that. (laughs) I had one of them tell me that once. (laughs) Anyway, okay. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? Luke 24.49, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Guys, the Holy Spirit abides. We have an anointing that abides. He never left. Clothed with power from on high. So why aren't we living it? Because we don't understand it. We're focused on death and fear a lot of times more than his life and the resurrection. So anyway, Romans 5.5, 5, I love this one, guys. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given us. The love that is meant to flow through us comes from Holy Spirit, and it's in our inner man, our spirit man. Guys, it's time for us to l- unlock it and let it come out of us. The love of God, that's how much he loves us. Ephesians 1.13. When you believe you are marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So, guys, how do we live? Let's finish this up. How do we live out of this reality? Well, it comes with practice. Same way you get to Carnegie Hall. Practice, practice, practice. Romans 12:2 2, and 2 Corinthians 10:5 Tell us. So does every book in the New Testament. Every book in the Bible addresses the mind. That's where the battlefield is. If we spent more time allowing him to change our thinking, we'd stop wasting our time trying to pull down demonic strongholds from the second heaven. Because they're going to be there as long as people choose to partner with those demons. And we partner through our minds. We come into agreement with them. Guys, every time we accuse one another, I've never, ever, ever in my 40 years of my walk with God, seen so many Christians badmouth and hate other Christians. It's pandemic. It's why the United States is where it is body of Christ is not taking responsibility for her being ambassadors of the king. It's time for us to do that. Guys, do you ever want to stop? You want to hear these people talking about it's time to repent? Well, here's a wake-up call, guys. It is time to repent. It's time for us to get our stuff together and start agreeing with what God says we are. We're his redeemed. We're his beloved. He loves us unconditionally. He loves the lost, and he loves you. Right, but we're not talking about the lost right now at all. So please, please, I love you guys. Don't send me an email. Don't reach out through the blog and reach out to me and say, Gerald, the lost, just, and just go on about the lost. I, I, I'm not talking about the lost. God's interested in your heart and the anger and bitterness that is in our hearts in this hour. That's where you need to turn from. Every one of us, guys, are going to give account one day for every idle word and every idle belief. Well, it's not my words. That's the word of God. Okay. I love you guys, and so does he. This is a good message. (laughs) As one of my teachers used to say in Bible school, glory to God, it's quiet out there. Okay. So, guys, here's how we do this. And we're going to close up with this. Here, Number one, guys. We need to change our thinking. we got to get into the Word of God. Guys, get into my website, dwmurray.com. i got no GoFundMe. Anyone who's got a GoFundMe out there, more power to you. Um, I don't have one on there, so that no one can say, David, you're driving to your site so you can get money. Sorry, can't say that. I don't take any money. So go to my website. Get into the scriptures. There's probably 50 or 60 teachings on there. And I'm not going to water them down saying they're just a blog. I just, I just blogged today. No, I taught. I taught, teach on the air. I teach with the body of Christ throughout the week. I teach and I share with people on the phone. I pray with the body of Christ. And I teach through the website. For those that, are, that have that hunger where the Holy Spirit is moving you, saying, hey, there's more to this walk. There's more. You don't have to be anger and bitter and afraid and ashamed. There's more. He will partner with you. It will be done by the kingdom power. All you have to do is begin agreeing with him. It starts by confessing his word. It starts by renouncing shame. Begin to get the scriptures inside of our soul. Guys, if we're quoting the Old Testament more than the New Testament scriptures in regard to our walk, in regard to the future, we have a serious, serious problem. And I would venture to say that our lives are marked with anger and disappointment. Just throwing that out there. Guys, if we don't change our direction, there's an old saying, we're going, to up, we're going to end up where we're headed. If we don't change our direction, we're going to end up where we're headed. If we don't like where our life is headed, for the love of God and for the love I have for you, change your direction. If you're content living in fear and shame or anger, God loves you. I won't lie. You will have to give an account. Guys, there will be a reward seat. It's not fear. There's a reward seat. We don't like to talk about that. Maybe one day I'll I'll discuss that. But there's a reward seat in heaven that everyone will be given according to what they did out of the heart of Jesus. This life is a blink, and we're going to be forever with him forever knowing the decisions we made. That's not me. That's the word of God. Guys, so it starts with any area where we're not accepting the new covenant, clothed us in his righteousness. You can't earn it. I had a lot of people come out of the woodwork recently just, you know, just saying you've got to earn righteousness, I guess, you guess, throughout the entire book of Galatians, the entire book of Romans and Hebrews. Guys, I want to leave you with one verse to motivate you. I really, I just, it's one of my favorite verses in the last couple of months. Uh, This is, the writer of Hebrews discussing what was given us in the New Covenant and how it's better, right? Uh, For by one offering, meaning through Jesus, by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I'm going to read that again. He has perfected forever, by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Some people say, David, where do you get the idea of positional righteousness? Meaning our position is always that he loves us and and we're completely spotless in his eyes. And yet how we choose to live with him is how we relate to him is either whether we relate righteously or unrighteously. Well, guys, that's that's one example. Jesus made us forever perfect while we're in the process of being made holy or being made into his image. The word sanctify means to be made in the same image of God. So while we're in that process, he still sees us as forever perfect. Guys, that's not me. Read read, read Hebrews, Romans, the New Testament. Get out of the Old Testament, guys. No, oh, David's saying we shouldn't read the Old Testament. Guys, I... I, uh. I, I'm, not, I'm not, again, this isn't me bragging anyway. My worth doesn't come from my knowledge of the word. Uh, I have read my share and continue to read my share of the Old Testament. The Old Testament gives the living examples of the principles that are taught in the New Testament. But if we don't understand the New Covenant, when we read the Old Testament, we will read it with a twisted, perverted view of the author. We need to get into the New Covenant. Then we can read and see the goodness and love, the fierce love of the God that gave us all of the prophecies leading up to the New Covenant. So, praise God, here's how we're going to end up. Guys, understanding what the New Covenant has given us, number one, the Holy Spirit lives in us. God himself lives in us, in our spirit man. What does this give us? It gives us everything. Everything is ours in Christ Jesus. He who spared not his own son but gave him up as an offering for our sins, how shall he not freely in him give us all things? I think that's Romans eight seventeen. And the third part, guys, is we gotta live out of the New Testament. We gotta live out of that covenant. We can't it's not it's just it's just not good enough. It's not Father's best that we accept his son as Savior, but we continue to live out of the old covenant. It just stinks. It stinks. I love the way Leonard Ravenhill said. It. <laughs> Leonard Ravenhill, he was he was oh man. I would have liked to have met him one day. But Leonard Ravenhill said it great. He says, Why doesn't why does the revival come? He says, Because you stink. That's why it doesn't come. Holy Spirit doesn't come down, guys. He's already in us. He's waiting for us, our soul, to get in alignment with what he's trying to do. So praise God. I love you guys. Um God has really refreshed, and uh, I just had some wonderful time and intimate dialogue with the Lord, and he's given me a fresh, encouraging perspective for this hour and this generation. And I love you guys. I am here for you guys. I will continue to lay down my life for the lost and for the body of Christ until... We get the Lord in our hearts, and he is our one true love. And that will be expressed by how much we reflect Jesus' earth ministry. So, guys, dare to accept you're loved, that you're complete in his eyes. Look at Hebrews 10, 14. I challenge you. That's what we used to say in the youth. I challenge you to look up this verse and meditate on it all week. Seriously, guys, go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You memorize a scripture verse, right? Wah, I love you guys. God bless you. Dorothy, as always, thank you for the honor and the privilege of being on this broadcast and even having a uh, my own uh, night where I can come on and feed the flock. Uh, there are a lot of hungry, open hearts back there. And, guys, I just thank you for all the wonderful encouragement I've gotten all over this country. And for those that have reached out internationally, thank you, thank you. I do hope to visit your country one day. A lot of people have been asking, when are you know, we going to start traveling? The Lord will open up those doorways. I know them. I've seen it. It will come in its due time. In the meantime, we'll continue to meet here. Go to my website, guys, dwmurray.com. Get into the Word. I've made it simple on there, and hopefully there's some things that will, that will encourage you. And if not, then go somewhere else where people are teaching about the heart of Father. Guard what you put into your ears. Guard what your eyes are falling upon. Because out of the heart, guys, come the issues of life. It's vital. God bless you guys. Lord willing, and the water don't rise, or however that expression goes. I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Dorothy, thanks a lot, as always. My dear friend and sister, and we will see you soon. Thank you, David. Good night. Good night.
0: This has been Zeal Fear House. I'm David Murray and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurry.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your Heavenly Dad loves you deeply.